Hi. New York, New York, 10036. Pro country. What you see is what you get. Hell has no fury. He drives the most expensive car because second best never enters his mind. Of all the billions of planets in space, only one is off limits to man. It all began with a curse. The evil you did this day will be avenged. A curse. From the mists of infinity, they come, rising from the cold, damp earth to take what is now theirs. You are in a room filled with your friends, but they are all dead. Night, when the earth is quiet and the good people of the world are sleeping, the night visitor comes to call. The streets have been taken over by thieves, dope addicts, rapists, muggers. We live in fear. One man is doing something about it. These are the sounds of six feet of silver death. Grindhouse Purgatory, 42nd Street, Pete. It's time to delve into 42nd Street Pete's mind in the Grindhouse Purgatory. How's it going, Pete? Ah, pretty good. Um, I want to say, I, I don't know when this is going to air. I, I wanted to say this before, but uh, today uh, I just found out, uh, weirdly enough, at 4.30 in the morning that uh, pro wrestler Balls Mahoney had passed away at the age of 44. So I, know, I wanted to extend my condolences to uh, his family and to the fans and to the ECW uh, originals it's you know terrible thing uh he, he was a good guy personally i met him a few times he was always cool always joking around great to be with so just sad to lose a guy like that so again my condolences same here condolences we need to talk about the grindhouse and the and theaters okay yeah. or and new formats now we mentioned last week how these movies wouldn't exactly play multiplexes and whatnot on a regular basis do you think that the format had changed? Not just 42nd Street, obviously. Obviously, that was being cleaned up. You know, that was being Giuliani'd and gentrified. Fair enough. But do you think these types of movies had to move direct to video because they would not play at malls and suburban multiplexes? Yeah, pretty much. That that seemed to be the the only place for them to go. I mean, you know, if you can't, you can't, you know, certain things, you know, back in the day, like, you know, companies would bring in films they, you know, they knew they would fail, but as long as they had their three-day run anywhere, they could get a tax write-off. So they bring in these films, run them at, you know, one of these shitholes, and, if you know, like Dave Friedman said, they, they'd run a film back then on uh, a Wednesday, and if by, let's say, you know, if Wednesday didn't do good and Thursday didn't do good, they'd yank it by Friday and put something else in there they knew would do good. So, you know, that film, you know, made its three-day run and bang, they, you know, they shelve it and they get a tax write-off. So that a lot of films, that's probably, like I said before in the previous program, that's why a, a bunch of films that I had seen had honestly had never seen the light of day, either uh, VHS or DVD, which is strange. So well, I'm not talking about like re-releasing or putting these out on VHS after the fact. I mean, yeah. like, do you think that VHS becoming the new norm and you not having the drive-in outlet, not having the grindhouse outlet, do you think that made the films themselves that came after the fact different? 
that that they knew they weren't making this for a drive-in or a 42nd Street audience. They had to make this arguably more mainstream or go direct to video. Yeah, pretty much the ones that, you know, a lot of stuff was going direct to video back then. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was shot on video back then, which was pretty fucking horrible, too. I just noticed that a lot of, a lot of things that probably, you know, were on the cusp of they'd come out just when, when the places were folding up or, you know, the drive-ins were getting bought out and dozed over. A lot of those things had, had just come out on the cusp of that went right to uh, VHS. So they were still shot on film and still, you know, looked halfway decent. As you have video, you have the new stuff coming out. But then you also had these old movies being picked up by these fly-by-night distribution companies who, you know, let's face it, as much as I love VHS, they didn't really care what kind of print they had usually. They would have a censored print or they would just have some beat-to-shit print that's out of focus or the, the screen was rolling or something. Do you think that these movies were treated fairly when they did come out on video in the pre-DVD era? No, it was, that was a quick buck thing because, you know, we, we, we come on, we all know what damn VHS went for back in the day, anywhere from 60 to $100 a tape. So, you know, when they they're basically were making their money off the rentals and, you know, how many times the thing rented, get beat up, you know, uh, whatever. So, yeah, th then, you know, like the stuff that we like came out in the big boxes from low end companies that really didn't give a shit. So, you know, you got what you got what you paid for. I mean, you know, you know, all, all the Italian stuff back then was was, you know, the theatrical set cut versions. So well, see, that's or... what people don't that's what people don't understand, too, because. You know, you tell them you've seen something, and they go, well, how did you miss this? How did you miss that? Because it wasn't fucking there. That's why. What, what I mean is something like like Corrupt, the the Harvey Keitel, John Lydon Italian movie that was shot in New York. It's also yeah. called Bad Cop, Corrupt Cop. It's got, you know, as an Italian movie, it's got 14 different titles. Yeah. I know it as Corrupt. There are no known uncut prints. Every single print is a TV print that has the swearing literally silenced out. Every VHS release, all the DVD releases, even uh, Harvey Keitel was asked about it, and he's never seen it without the swearing beeped out. How can there not be a single known print of this movie that is not the TV cut? Somebody has to have a print of this thing around, don't they? I would think so. Nobody's but found it, though. But then again, it's like the same thing as Tree on the Meat Hook. Nobody's ever come up with a, you know, a film print of it to transfer. Why? I don't know. Can you really blame the VHS companies then for just putting out the print that, that they got? Because I, I know Charles Band, whether you love him or hate him, people would complain sometimes about some of the prints he would put out on Wizard Video and, and all that and, and on uh, Meta Video in the early days. And his defense, I think, is a, is a valid one. That's the print we got. That's the print we were given. We, you know, you, you can't make gold out of a turd. So yeah, is well, it really but... fair to blame the VHS companies for putting out shitty prints if that's what they're given? No, it depends on what they want. You know, it depends on what they got, like anything else. I mean, you know, how, how many of those, you know, public domain Lugosi films have you seen that are all chopped up and, you know, have burns and splices through them and shit? Um, I mean, I deal with film, I collect. So, you know, I get stuff that, you know, you, you, you say, oh, it's the theatrical version. You get it shipped over to you. And the lead says clearly edited for television. Then I emailed the guy back and said, you're getting this back. I'll shove it up your ass if you don't take it back. So, 
there, there's so much of it floating around. But I would say, you know, there's got to be something somewhere. I mean, I'm not so sure what's going on with something weird, you know, video as a company now. I know she's trying to sell it off, you know, piece it out. But I know they had another warehouse full of shit they hadn't even gone through. So who the fuck knows? And they took this all out of New York, don't remember, too. Well, and then sometimes, I mean, this obviously wasn't a Grindhouse film, but Metropolis just recently was put out in its the most uncut form it's ever been. How? They found the deleted scenes in Venezuela on a 16 millimeter dupe print in a warehouse that was about to be torn down. This film is nearly 100 years old, and they're just finding the scenes cut a hundred years ago today. So do you think that kind of shit could happen to some of these grindhouse films that maybe, you know, other than digitally, other than digitally remastering, there's no chance of finding a good print. You might find one in some weird foreign country. Cause even, I remember you were bitching about it when I think it was shout factory put out a double feature. I think it was not the original Corman, not of this earth. Yeah. And it has a BBFC, logo at the front so it's the yeah. british cut version that's the only where place they could go to find some of these scenes were the british print it's funny because they're, they're my, my attack of the crab monsters bootleg is better than the fucking one they've actually put out see i've encountered that with tv stuff like yeah. when uh, paramount put out the war of the worlds tv series remember that from 1988 the tv show yeah. that lasted two two years yeah they they just threw it out as a they threw out season one as a quick cash in to the Tom Cruise movie in like 2005. And they've then they eventually put out season two and the prints are awful. They're soft. They're weak. They're mono sound. I pulled out my SLP off air VHSs. They're clearer, have stereo audio and they're cleaner. So it's like when my off airs from 30 years ago, are cleaner than your quote masters is that not a problem well you know another thing too is and like i i don't know how recently you know well we're, we're going you know decades into this fucking technology and shit now but like you know when i used to talk to guys like you know dave friedman you know nick phillips and all them guys you know they, they never envisioned anything past a theatrical release so you know all this stuff was like tossed in fucking warehouses and film depots and all this other stuff. You know, I know film deteriorates over a period of time if it's not kept up on. So, you know, well, they never thought this stuff was worth the fuck. Then all of a sudden, like I, I say, you got to got to give credit to something weird for opening the gates because, you know, them and him and Friedman cut a deal. Friedman was happy with it. He turned them on to other guys that, you know, pretty much were sitting on piles of stuff. So, you know, all that stuff came out. Who, whoever has the rights to it now, I have no idea. What about so-called lost Grindhouse films, such as arguably one of the most famous ones? It was a gay porno called Him. You remember this? 1974, it was a gay porno about a man losing his faith and then oh, literally, he came back literally fucking or something? Jesus, yeah. yeah and then yeah. it was called Him. Yeah. There are no known prints. All that exists are some reviews in like Screw and Hustler and some other things, uh, some playbills and some people that remember seeing it. What about a movie like that? Do you think they'll ever accidentally stumble upon a print of him? Somebody probably has it in a collection because a lot, you know, don't forget a lot of guys, you know, kinky guys collected shit and didn't want anybody else to know they had it. 
there, there's famous stories about shit being tossed in a dumpster and set on fire because people, people, certain people didn't want to know that, you know, other, other people had it. Who the hell knows? I mean, there's certain stuff, you know, obviously with the porn, nobody ever thought any of that stuff was going to be worth the fuck. So they never kept it up, especially obscure little pieces like that. You know, who knows? Yeah, it's like hope springs eternal. Like there's, there's one I'm looking for, deep sleep. Alfred Soul did that one, the same guy who did uh, Alice Sweet Alice. And I saw that theatrically. I haven't seen it since. Nobody seems to have it. Well, I mean, it's, it's not even with Grindhouse Films. There are there are TV shows that don't exist anymore other than fan copies. Or yeah. do you remember do you remember an old radio show, horror radio show from the like 40s or 50s called Witch's Tale? Yeah, vaguely. The guy who made those, he, there was like 50 or 60 episodes made. And it was the same guy wrote them all. He went crazy in the 60s and decided that these were his and no one else had the rights to them. And he burned all the all of the original copies. So mm-hmm. only like a dozen or so episodes of Witch's Tale survive from dupes that were made to syndicate to other radio stations. And I think that's just that's wrong. He literally robbed the world of these great old radio shows. And I, I think the whole destruction of this stuff for greed angers me. Well, here's, an, here's another thing, too. People go, how come there's not any, you know, wrestling tapes of certain areas where these guys were, like, huge in, like, Piper and Snooker, where they started out? And, like, there were tapes, but what these, these stations didn't have any money, so they tape over the same tape week after week. Well, that's how the early, that's how the first, like, three or four seasons of Doctor Who don't exist, because the BBC would just reuse the tapes, and yeah. copies are being found in other countries. But there's still a whole lot of Doctor Who's that don't exist anymore. So, I mean, yeah. we, we do have to talk a little bit about preservation here. I think yeah. as much as much as we might bitch about how commercialized the grindhouse and whatnot is, we, ha- we have to say that they're at least preserving some of this stuff. I mean, yeah, it might be a crappy print, but it's out on DVD for the first time ever. And some of these movies never had a VHS release. So arguably in the long run, that's good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, you look at the companies that really give a shit, like Grindhouse Releasing, Blue Underground, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, Severin. I mean, you can tell these guys, you know, and Massacre Video is another one. Um, you can tell these guys they really give a shit about their product. They try to track down all the original elements and, you know, they package it up. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not a Blu-ray advocate by any stretch of the imagination. I hate buying the same fucking movie over and over again. The Blu-rays that, you know, Grindhouse Releasing puts out, I will buy, you know, I bought Cannibal Ferox, Cannibal Holocaust. I'll, I think they're, Bill Greffey told me they contacted him because he's the only one they could find alive that actually worked on I Eat Your Skin. Because I guess they're going to throw that in as an extra, like the way it was released uh, when they do the uh, I Drink Your Blood uh, uh, Blu-ray. Well, well, but then you've got you got ones like Vinegar Syndrome that actually go so far as to like their DVD of Sugar Cookies. Remember that early Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. Oliver Stone movie? Yeah. That movie has never. I, I bet the theatrical print never looked as good as that Blu-ray does. It looks almost like a new movie. Yeah. So I mean, that's the kind of love that goes into this. And I remember a stand-up comic friend of mine said, "Who the fuck needed?" sugar cookies in this kind of quality well actually actually he's right because see some people don't get it like you know how how in you know that grindhouse they put in all those tears and burns and shit like that well 
people go, oh, you use a program to do that on your releases? I said, no, my films are that fucked up. And they are from being run. So that gives it a certain ambiance. And what some people don't realize is, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I mean, Synapse does a great job restoring stuff, but on The Exterminator, it looks too fucking clean. It looks like a fucking after-school movie. See, a lot of these guys don't get it is, you know, if you're going to throw shit back in, throw the gore back in. That's what people fucking want to see. They don't want to see these fucking stupid subplots, these, you know, romantic subplots or something leading up to nothing. They were taken out for a reason, to make the fucking thing move quicker, because you could put, you know, a double bill of two 90-minute, you know, roughly 90-minute films together, you know, with intermission, whatever, boom, that was your fucking program. Triple features the same way. So I can still remember seeing Dark Intruder, which runs uh, 60 Minutes, on the bottom half of shit, you know, in, in the late 70s, and this was like a, a 60s film. But, you know, hey, we're going to make it a triple feature. We'll slap this one on, too. What the fuck? And it worked. Well, yeah, some of this stuff is too clean. For instance, I'm not talking classic Star Trek, but like Star Trek The Next Generation or Deep Space Nines from the 80s and 90s. They're too clean on Blu-ray. You can see all of the makeup lines. You can see the matte lines. You can see exactly where the set is glued together. You yeah. couldn't on VHS. You couldn't on TV. Certain things were never meant to be seen in 1080p. Yes, and some porn, too, because who wants to see all those little wrinkles and, you know, pimply things after you shave your pussy and shit like that? So, yes, some shit, you know, was not meant to be seen in HD. It has to be HD. For instance, like, have you been watching, this is totally off topic, but whatever. Have you been watching the 80s on CNN? That, that... No, I don't, I don't have cable. Okay, well, they've been doing a, a retrospective every two weeks, an hour-long episode on a different subject of the 1980s. And the first episode was on television, and the second episode was on Reagan. Everything is widescreen nowadays, right? And HD. Yeah. So they took all of these 80s TV shows and 80s video footage, and they, they, they literally just slapped black bars on the top and bottom, cutting them off to make them seem widescreen. Oh, they matted it like that fucking Terminator laser disc? Yeah, they matted it. Why? What I got for an answer was... Nowadays, and this is the ironic part for you, remember back in the, in the 80s and 90s, people were bitching about widescreen movies because they wanted the whole screen filled, right? Right, right, yeah. Now that they have widescreen TVs, they're bitching at full-frame movies because they want the whole screen filled. So isn't that ironic that like even a documentary has to crop the footage to make it fill the entire screen? Isn't that completely missing the fucking point? Oh, of course, but, you know, we're dealing with fucking morons. My, my girlfriend chastised me that I'm the only person in the world who would get mad at the at the at, at the cropping issues and but no there's an integrity part here you know yeah well you know like I said that that laser disc was the one for me to terminate yeah we'll just make it widescreen because we'll just slap black bars on the fucking whatever it, it, I don't know some of this shit is so it's just so out and out fucking goofy it makes me laugh. So especially with the porn stuff, because I think they, they released a couple things and certain aspect ratios, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa why would you do it like this? Well, why don't you put up the fucking money if you want it done like that? That's my attitude. To me, porn is whatever. I, I made a decent living selling porn, you know, most of my life, one way or another. So I made a decent living with it. I don't get overly emotionally involved with it. Do you think this whole grindhouse trend... I mean, like, you know, you've got, like, like the new pieces DVD from Grindhouse releasing and all that, which has got the 42nd Street Memories on it. Yeah. Obviously, that's going to put it back in this consciousness for a while. Do you think that the whole grindhouse thing is going to kind of peter out? 
is it going to become just a you know kind of a forgotten subgenre well here's the thing right about now if you look at that dvd and i'm thankful that most guys are all still alive there you know those are the guys who lived it worked on it distributed it whatever you know i write about it i got mike Accomando has uh joined us writing the guy who used to put out dreadful pleasures he writes about it there's enough of us still around to keep it alive you know and every once in a while something comes out and jump starts it like this you know pieces thing you know there's always an interest in it but you know, how, you know, how it, it's like anything else. Does anybody remember, you know, certain movies from the 40s? No, they don't, because they're not in the state of consciousness anymore. And there was a lot of great fucking film noir shot back in the 40s, but nobody really seems to give a shit about it. it it'll be around because of the whole back alley ambiance of one thing about it, you know, how, how sleazy it all was. Um, but you know, the, the true pioneers that did it, most of them are gone, you know, and the guy, the hanger on is like me, you know, we're all up there in age, you know, it, it's just like, you know, like to be remembered for certain shit, you know, so, um, I'm hoping I'm remembered for trying to keep it going as long as I can. It's funny. I was talking to Bud Cardos the other day, um, another grindhouse legend, Satan Sadists, uh, director of the dark, um, kingdom of the spiders, mutant. Great guy. He just put a book out called Action, his autobiography. So that's something worth looking into. But, you know, the sad part is when the, when these guys are gone, you know, that's it. And a lot of these guys are like way up there in age when they're gone. That's that's the end of it. And it'll be guys like me that if I, I keep on writing and stuff and guys are like, you know, we're, we're still in the area. Like, you know, like I say, Mike Accomando, Mike Weldon, you know, lived in that area, uh, Frank Hennelot, or, you know, guys like that, you know, after that, I, I can't tell you. At least we're leaving a little fucking footprint in the sand, so to speak. Well, that said, the, one of the footprints in the sand you like to leave is Grindhouse Purgatory, the magazine. You talked yeah. about your writing. Tell people a little bit about that. Well, it, it is what it is. It, it's basically, it says, uh, movies, wrestling, bullshit. Under the, under the title, you know, it was done as a one-shot deal, which is now up to issue seven, so it's anything but a one-shot deal. Got some, you know, great, talented people, uh, you know, writing for us, yourself included, Josh. Other people are coming in, you know, some people get tired and drop out, you know, and I said, well, I said, well, what happened? He goes, well, I'm fucking sick of horror. And I says, it ain't about horror. It's about fucking movies, you know, grindhouse movies, whatever. I, I don't tell anybody what to write. I encourage people to do, you know, write what they, they're passionate about. I mean, people were asking me about kung fu movies, so I got a hold of a friend of mine, uh, Ken Burnett, and he's into this stuff. I say, hey, you want to give it a shot? You know, write something for it, because that's really not my forte, and when it's not my forte, I'm not going to bullshit my way through it. I'll defer it to somebody who knows what they're doing. You know, when Amber Lynn was at uh, Cinema Wasteland, I'm not a big Amber Lynn fan. The weird part is my only, you know, run with her would be yeah she looks nice and uh sold a lot of videotapes but i never w was watching her so dave uh, koseki from liquid cheese is a real big fan of her hers and i said hey you want to do the panel he goes really i said yeah you know more about it than i do so go ahead take it it's all good like that but you know it, it's being well received you know uh, i i do a lot of the writing in it and i you know it's various stuff but it's not all horror it's just about anything and uh the cover for the last one was lifted off uh, one of those men's pulp magazines from the 50s, you know. I recognize Nazis. that exactly with the Nazis torturing the women, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Originally, originally what I was looking for was 
Ed, Ed Matz her artwork for this really fucked up Filipino film called The Taste of Hell with the tagline, half, half man, half corpse, all killer. And Mike couldn't find a fucking thing on the internet that wasn't blurry and nasty. And then it winds up that Mike Accomando has this shit in his collection. I'm like, oh, well, too late now. I'm going to have to go with this because I was getting down to like a week and I had no cover. So I'm like, I got to fucking come up with something. So I figured, hey, the nastier and the weirder, the better. So I went with that. Where can people find a copy of the magazine and contact you? Uh, 40deuce at hotmail.com, or you can get the magazine uh, from Amazon. If you get it from me, I actually make a buck on it. So, you know, whatever whatever, whatever floats your boat. As long as you're happy with it and you read it and you buy it and it, we keep it afloat, that's all we care about. So that's it. This has been a 1201 Beyond production. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.